my pension for being an author, licensed cultural practitioner, and publisher has to do with the fact that I am at my natural best because I have embraced and understand the construct human behavior and that culture is no longer fixed if it ever was. It is essential, fluid, and constantly in motion. This makes it so, and it is difficult to define any culture in only one way. Therefore, my action has resulted me better able to clearly articulate and enunciate what makes me feel fulfilled and to better understand what drives my behavior throughout the 40 years of studying and practicing as an author, cinematographer, licensed cultural practitioner, media arts specialist, and publisher has activated my absorption with clouds since they are part of culture from time immemorial. Clouds have always played an important role in various cultures and religious traditions. In view of this admission, and given the specifics of this intellectual discourse, it should be noted that the word cloud comes from the Old English word culled, meaning rock mass, hill. The said term emerged sometime in the 1300s to describe the visible masses of evaporated water seen in the sky because these masses look a lot like rock formations. Culture has ensued from this observation of the way of life of global citizens because culture is complex and has many facets. Culture is our lifestyle which incorporates our qualities, convictions, traditions, dialects, and customs. Culture is reflected in our history, in our legacy, and by the way, we express thoughts and imagination. Culture is built through shared experiences. It comes from the stories told, the lessons learned, and relationships with the people around us, a view espoused by Donna Brighton. The more that I drill down, I have discovered that there is evidence submitted by Jesse Hollington that explain and differentiated between the cloud and cloud computing. These constructs are merely terms used to describe the concept of storing and accessing information on the internet. Generally, on third-party services, this encompasses everything from Google services, Gmail, Google Docs, etc., to Dropbox, Flickr, and beyond. In fact, more literally, the cloud refers to the internet in general. Network diagrams have long used a cloud to represent the nebulous nature of the public internet at large and everything outside of companies on network borders. That said, one could argue that the very first email and internet servers put up 
at the dawn of the internet back in the late 60s were in fact cloud services. And certainly online services like Hotmail and Gmail are in the cloud by definition and have been around since the late 90s. The more that I drill down, I have discovered that iCloud is merely Apple's brand name for its implementation of its own cloud services solution. While the service is unique in its own right, there's nothing inherently more cloud-like in Apple's service compared to any of the other myriad online services out there. Now that I have established linguistic protocols, this makes a difference between the cloud and cloud computing and navigating this process should make it intellectually more palatable to assimilate and digest. A cloud is defined as a mass of water drops or ice crystals suspended in the atmosphere. These clouds form when water condenses in the sky. The condensation lets us see the water vapor. And there are different types of clouds, namely cumulus, cirrus, stratus, and nimbus. Clouds are an important part of Earth's weather and climate. Rio Diane Carbaro espoused the view that many farmers and those in the agricultural sector, much of their livelihood involves giving up control to the forces of nature. The seasons, the climate patterns, and the precipitation levels are in charge. But what if farmers could take back control with the help of technology, particularly the cloud? Cloud computing can be used to aggregate data from tools like soil sensors, satellite images, and weather stations to help farmers make better decisions about managing their crops. The cloud's analytic capabilities also aid farmers in understanding their production environment. However, the clouds located in the sky and the cloud computing are not the same thing. The stark reality is, accessing the cloud nature's clouds require the weather to be just right before releasing their bounty upon the earth, and the data stored by cloud computing can be accessed from anywhere at any time. Presumably, the ability to store data in the sky is futuristic. Simultaneously, the reality is files are stored in data centers, which are large warehouses full of servers. One big difference, though, between real clouds and data centers are the retrieving your files from a data center is much easier than extracting rain on command from a cloud. Conversely, with cloud computing, all you need is an internet connection to retrieve your data whenever you need it. But with a weather cloud water droplets condensed onto one another, causing the droplets to grow, and when these water droplets get too heavy to stay suspended in the cloud, they fall to earth as rain. Water vapor turns into clouds when it cools and condenses, that is, turns back into liquid water or ice. In this environment, 
a weather cloud will burst forth rainwater, whereas cloud computing will burst when traffic spikes. Therefore, when a cloud from nature bursts, the vegetation on the land below will benefit and grow. When virtual clouds burst, it is the result of too much demand on the network. Unlike rain, which can be beneficial, a cloud computing burst can be damaging to your business. That is why it is important to be extra careful when choosing a cloud provider to host your company's important data. Although they are perceived as theoretical constructs, yet in this context, instead information is transferred to and from data centers, which are shaped nothing like clouds, yet there are similarities between the two clouds. Cloud storage, which is a cloud from nature, stores water, and cloud computing stores data. There's a theory. Just as the clouds are filled with rainwater, cloud computing stores information like files, music, videos, applications, and more. Given its logistics, global citizens should make provision to ensure that our cloud computing company is big enough to host your data as you grow. This text, What Have Clouds to Do with Culture, creates the stage to introduce Charles Leadbeater verbalization that we are about to get a very different kind of internet, one replete with huge potential and danger. The spread of cloud computing will allow much greater personalization and mobility, constant real-time connection, and easier collaboration. Importantly, cloud computing will give rise to a cloud culture. There's also another school of thought that as computing becomes a utility, it will power many more devices, many of them with no user interface, more of them mobile and handheld. The cloud should also encourage collaboration. Different people using different devices should be able to access the same documents and resources more easily. Work on shared projects will become easier, especially as collaboration software and web video conferencing becomes easier to use. The clouds in our skies take many different forms by mixing the same basic ingredients. They are often huge, but fleeting, rarely retain their shape for more than a few minutes, and often migrate from one form to another in the course of a day. For example, cloud is also associated with tattoos, because cloud is not the most common type of a tattoo, but they are often used to cover up other tattoos or use as an addition to another tattoo and there are actually many myths and stories behind clouds which add to their symbolism. When we put this conversation in context, plausibly, if we are moving to a future of cloud computing and cloud culture, then we should hope for a similar variety in the forms it takes. Some clouds will be fairly permanent, while others are more transitory and emergent. These clouds are already remaking our culture. Culture is our ever-evolving store of images, texts, and ideas through which we make sense and add meaning to our world. Our culture, in the broadest sense, helps us to frame and shape our identity to say 
who we are, where and when we come from. Culture is not something we choose, but find ourselves belonging to. It shapes what matters to us and how we see the world. A culture that is alive is never entirely closed, as culture is vital to what matters to us and explaining who we are, so giving other people access to what we count as our culture is a vital way for us to understand one another, what we share and what makes us special. Culture gives us roots, creativity, a sense of growth and possibility. Creativity gives us a way to add to and remake our cultural stock. It allows us to escape being entirely defined by our traditions. This pertinent question is noteworthy and should be asked so as to avoid setback, namely a cloud computing burst. In view of the aforesaid clarification regarding the theoretical question, what have clouds to do with culture draws our attention to cloud computing. All you need is an internet connection to retrieve your data whenever you need it, but with a weather cloud, water droplets condense onto one another, causing the droplets to grow. When these water droplets get too heavy to stay suspended in the cloud, they fall to earth as rain. Water vapor turns into clouds when it cools and condenses, that is, turns back into liquid water or ice. A weather cloud will burst forth rain, water, whereas cloud computing will burst when traffic spikes. The cloud is really just the latest buzzword to describe something that people have been doing for at least a couple of decades. Cloud computing means storing and accessing data and programs over the internet instead of your computer's hard drive. Overall, what have clouds to do with culture is just a pretext and a conversation about digital cloud culture has changed culture and cloud culture is inevitably occupying cultural space globally. Framed in ISBN 978-976-965040. Four.